Hi, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Fuelixer. Fuelixer is the sports nutrition subscription box built for endurance athletes and enthusiasts. Every weekend, thousands of men and women strap on their running shoes, hop on their bikes, plunge into pools to train for the next big race. From newbies to Olympic athletes, these individuals are serious about their sports. Spending thousands of dollars on equipment, coaching, and training, all in an effort to reach their peak. They don't know it, but they're missing something. The power they are after isn't in the fancy gear or in coaching alone. The real secret is nutrition. And when it comes to sports performance, what you put in your body matters as much as what you do with your body. Rather than shipping subscribers a random box of sports nutrition products, Fuelixer builds boxes using a combination of performance data from Strava, nutrition requirements, and taste preferences. Fuelixer sees the types of workouts you do and gets insights into the weekly training volume. Fuelixer combines this data with nutrition requirements and your preferences gathered through the Fuelixer survey. Empowered by sports nutritionists, ex-pro cyclists, competitive athletes, in a little math, Felixer's journey begins by doing the shopping, researching, and calculating for you, the athlete. Felixer makes practicing sports nutrition a personalized experience for newbies all the way to U.S. Olympic athletes. It's easy and fun to get started. All you have to do is go to Felixer.com, connect your Strava performance data, take a quick nutrition survey, and boom, Fuelixer selects the sports nutrition gels, bars, chews, hydration, protein, and recovery fuel that fit your individual nutritional requirements and preferences. All you do is you choose your Fuelixer recommended box size that was calculated based on your historical performance data. With Fuelixer, you can unlock your potential and really get back to what you are most passionate about. Whether it's cycling, running, or swimming, Fuelixer fuels you. Now, let's tune in to the Fuel Talk podcast. Discovery of flow state. Okay. So today we welcome Dre Gardner. All right. Dre is known in Las Vegas as a creator and leader of Silent Savasana. Through my eyes, Dre is leading the mindfulness revolution in Vegas, um, which you know I think we all need. And he's doing it actually by throwing parties with his friends and inviting all of Vegas to go within. So silent savasanas, if you're wondering what they are, uh, they're actually mass gatherings where each class teaches balance, discipline, focus, determination, and strength of mind. So during class, participants, they wear state-of-the-art LED headsets, which transmit Dre's energetic voice um, and a carefully curated music playlist, allowing for a complete personal experience. So Dre, welcome to Field Talk, my friend. Thank you for having me, Brother Pablo. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So today, guys, we're going to explore the world of a mindfulness revolutionary. Uh, he's sitting right here in front of me. So, you know, Dre has developed a formula, I feel like, that has been able to break down uh, mind barriers while practicing yoga. And it's not an easy feat, but I feel like, you know, that's that's really the path that you're on, man. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're hitting it. You're yeah. hitting it on, on the head. 
Um, so in today's Las Vegas, you know, locals have what seems to be an infinite amount of options to excite um, their senses. But Dre is offering what I think exactly what the world needs right now and forever. Um, so if the goal of this podcast is to explore creativity, heart intelligence, and the discovery of flow state, then we have to find out who is Dre Gardner. <laughs> so let's start off, man. Um, if you don't mind, if you can kind of uh, maybe just share your origin story, you know, like go back as far as you can remember. I don't know if you can remember being in your mother's womb, but, you know, where are you? You know, where do you come from? Um, you know, kind of just start there. Okay. Well, uh, I was born in uh, Orange County, California and raised in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, I did most of my early years in South Central Los Angeles and went to my junior high school and high school years in Orange County. Uh, my mom told me I came out fighting. You know, I think I've been fighting since I was can remember. Fighting was something that I enjoyed. And it wasn't for the fact of like hurting somebody back in the days when I was growing up it was an honor amongst men you know I, you would fight and you would shake hands and you know that was our Bruce Lee we watched Kung Fu Theater I mean that was what we did so I was into Jiu Jitsu wrestling boxing football so I was basically into contact sports uh, right around 9 or 10 my biological father came into the picture and asked my mom, could we, me and my brother come visit? And that eventually turned into like a, what I consider a kidnapping. So I was kind of manipulated by my biological father for a little over a year, and that turned into some very severe beatings. And I think that's, that was the way I really connected to fighting was I was preparing myself to fight my father the next time I seen him. So a lot of people don't know there's layers to this. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. one thing I realized is that what happens to you as a child will affect you as an adult unless you come to terms with it. So literally while I was fighting all these fights in the streets and doing all this, you know, what I consider not things to make me the best version of myself, I was numbing my pains. I was numbing my, my, my situation by fighting. And finally I came to, this, to the point in my life where I was like, I can't do this no more. What's the answer? So I had to come to peace with the pains of my past and I had to turn my pain into power and I had to turn my wounds into wisdom. And essentially that's what I did by finding yoga. And it was ironic because my back gave out. So I would have never found yoga had, not, had my back not given out. Because yoga was the farthest thing from a fighter. So I was like, no, I'm not doing yoga, I want to fight. Let's do jiu-jitsu, let's do wrestling, let's, do, let's put on some gloves, let's make contact. So yoga taught me to really sit with myself. You know, yoga taught me to be the teacher and the student of my own life. You know, and sit at the feet of my own life and rather than worry about everybody else, worry about you. You know, next time I, every time I catch myself worrying about somebody else, I try to take that energy and worry about me so I can better myself because we can't control what they're going to do. It's self-evident that we control very little in this lifetime. So, but we can't control is ourselves. And so I really tried to use all of my energy that I was putting out to really go back inside and do more of the work in. So much of our life is spent, you know, on the exterior, on the workout, on the new rims, on the new hat, on the new glasses, on the new numbing agent. But nobody's doing the work in. And to me, you know, especially with social media now, 10,000 likes, 100 yoga classes, 10 Tony Robbins seminars, Deepak Chopra's best friend. If you don't love yourself, none of that matters. <laughs> None of that matters. Yes, I love it. So really, my goal is to get people to fall back in love with themselves. Yeah. You know, and I use yoga to bring people together. And the messages that I deliver during the yoga practice are about self-love and self-acceptance and self-awareness and being responsible and accountable for where we are in life and where we're going in life. You know, we, we're quick to project. And as long as we're projecting out, we're gonna to continue to do the same things in life. It's just that faces change because he was tripping, she was tripping, that job is tripping. So again, we have to sit with ourselves and figure out why things are happening because the universe is not conspiring against us. You know, and there's lessons in the light and lessons in the dark, but I can pretty much say that most of the population only connects with the lessons in the light. 
you know, when the lessons are in the dark or when they come, they're like, no, that's his fault. She was tripping. He no. You we gotta look inside. Bottom line. Yeah, so like, you know, I, I can't I can't continue talking without um, you know, saying the truth. And like what I mean by this <laughs> I was I was kind of a skeptical when I first heard of you know, Silence of Asana and what it was. Right. My wife, she does <laughs> she does a lot of yoga. Okay. She goes to 103 Yoga. Okay. Loved, you know, going to Greg Go's okay. uh, classes and stuff like that. I, you know, I started doing um, those classes as well. But most of my, like, activity, physical activity um, is, is with cycling. So I, I kind of, like, um, just started do, doing yoga at home right. and a lot of, like, breathing techniques mm -hmm. and stuff. So just a little context to like why I was skeptical because like you know at first I was like you know what are these like these like gatherings you know like a lot tons of people then you have this thing on your head man at, as soon as I stepped into the whole you know environment which is you know in the back of a, of a casino you know my judgment we, we all do that right my judgment my judgment started breaking down as soon as you started speaking it disappeared. It was dissipated, right? Because, you know, we, we all go sometimes to these yoga classes or, you know, mindfulness speakers and all these things, but um, I could definitely hear the the truth from you, okay? And, and like that, you have something in you, whatever it is, it's called the truth, you know, at the end of the day. Right. And you're sharing that with the world. Yes, sir. There's nothing negative of that you know <laughs> no I got it doesn't chill. matter I got what comes right out because it doesn't matter you get what it. comes out you get it and that means everything to me because you were a skeptic as well and a lot of times totally. people are like what's with the headphones what and I'm, I'm i'm okay with that but if you come out i guarantee you that you'll leave a changed person if you're receptive you got to be open for the messages so even if you come to come in close though you'll still leave different and we'll get and we'll get to like you know more and more about silence about nine like why you started that in, in a bit but um you know, you you mention a lot of things about your life very right. quickly that I feel have um, you know your your uh, you face it. You have to face these situations, right? Yes. There were turning points in you and your character, yes. um, and have developed into the human being that you are today, and and will continue to do so, right? Yes, most definitely. So, um, you know, at what point in in your past life did you kind of like? You know, were you aware that selfishness at some point is a good thing, and worrying about yourself and who you are is first? Oh, most most definitely, most definitely. And not worrying about trying to control other situations oh. that you will never be able to change. Like, oh. when did that kind of like all come together as a puzzle for you? I wish I could have believed it in my heart of hearts. You know, the messages always came through randomly by different people. But one thing I do realize is that growing up, nobody really discussed self-love. If you loved yourself, you were stuck up. Right. If you love yourself, you're a narcissist. Yeah. You know, he's an asshole. That dude stuck up or she, you know. As a girl, you got your hair pulled if you were stuck up. When really, the number one love should, should be self-love, period. Yeah. Because if you don't love yourself, any love outside of yourself is farther away from you than you are. Totally. And your soul requires to be loved by you first. And when you truly love yourself, nobody can bring happiness to you or take it away from you because you are in a happy place and in a happy space because of the self-love that you have. And when you truly love yourself, the game stops too. You know, the bad judgment stops. You're doing things against your will, against your spirit, doing things that aren't making you be the best version of you not basically matching your actions with your words. You know, your actions are who you are. Your words are who you want to be. So I sit back and observe people by their actions. I don't, words sure. mean nothing to me. Sure. Because everybody talks. I sit back and just observe. And if your, word, if your actions aren't in alignment with what you're talking about, you're kind of fluffed to me. Yeah. And I don't say nothing. Yeah. There's, I don't say there's nothing. There's reasons for that, right? There's reasons that actions and words aren't aligned. Yeah. Right. There's reasons yeah. for it. Hands down. So, Hands down. So don't you know? Don't come around like uh, portraying this thing. So cool. So like, how did you end up here in Vegas? Uh, you know. Wow. Uh, 
I knew that I needed, needed to change. And I realized that I could not change in my environment. So in order for me to change, I had to change my environment. And, you know, historically, you know, in Africa, you had to kill a lion to become a man. So I decided to jump on the 15 and drive to another state <laughs> to become a man because there wasn't no lions around. Yeah. So uh, really, I just wanted to, you know, be the person I always wanted to be. And I couldn't in my environment, you know, because reputations, because of your past, whatever. And, you know, where I grew up, we grew up in a fighting town. Sure. Bottom line. Or Orange County, we were, just like you're sitting here now, you could easily get tapped on your shoulder like, are you Pablo? You the dude who knocked out my cousin like three months ago. Man, you got to go talk. And, it, it, you know, you, you did what you did. That's sure. how it was. It wasn't no, it wasn't shooting. It wasn't no stabbing. It was like, really, yeah. honor amongst men in the era that I grew up. So, you know, I grew up before things got really crazy. And with me being a wrestler and jujitsu, they ended pretty quick. It was good for me. I enjoyed it. Cool. But nobody really honored wrestling or jujitsu back then because they didn't know about it. But that's what the first thing I got into growing up. My first sport was You still practice jujitsu? Oh, yeah. My yeah. first sport was wrestling. And basically, to me, jujitsu is joint manipulation and submissions. So the things that we couldn't do in wrestling legally were legal in jujitsu. So it's like, if you're a wrestler, you're kind of jujitsu. If you're jujitsu, you know about wrestling. They're kind of one and the same. Do you know Casey from 10th Planet Fitness? Mm-mm. The 10th Planet uh, gym? Mm-mm. You don't haven't met him? I haven't met him. I'm going to connect you guys. Man. I would love to meet him. This guy's fire. I would love to meet him. Fire. Bro. I'm trains, always open. Trains like the best in UFC and, I, and, and, and I've heard about 10th Planet. He's fire. Yeah, he's the owner. He owns all, okay. of, all, all over all over the states. Okay, yeah. That I, guy's I, fire. I definitely bro. would love. You guys would go I, off to, I, to Mars and back I, I, I'm open. in one day. Please, please. Yeah. I, to me, he's the man. connectedness is our currency. He's the man. And, and we as people, you know, we've conquered our outer space. But again, we've been to the moon, we've been to Mars, and we still have problems. <laughs> totally. Walking across the street to meet a neighbor. Absolutely. We have problems just saying hi to, looking them in the eye and saying hi to somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad life has gotten. So I force people to say hi to me. How you doing, brother? How you doing, sitting? I force them. Yeah. There's still people out there like us who will say hi. Like, engage. Get off your phone. Like, yo, there's more to life than these phones. Sure. You know, and that's why I really, you know, am so heart-centered in terms of the Science of Austin movement because I'm really getting people to go with it, go back inside. So what, what, is, um, what is your view on the overall, like, ecosystem of, you know, events and practices like yoga uh, here in Vegas? Like, what, what is your perspective on it? You know, Vegas is, is its own little monster because, you know, in Orange County, for instance, you have, you know, Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach, Santa Ana, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, Laguna. So you have these little pockets of cities. Sure. In Las Vegas, we have Henderson and we have Summerlin. And then scattered amongst Henderson and Summerlin are little studios. So in a weird way, there's a lot of competition. And if yoga means connectedness, we have the most disconnected yoga community I've ever been involved in. So my goal was to really bring yoga back to its core, which is the union. And Sinus of Asana, we're not a studio. We're not, we're a movement. So that's one thing I like about us because it, it forces people, even if they have to stay put in their studio because of the studio rules, whatever those may be, they can still come to Sinus of Asana because we're not we're not connected or committed to a studio. We're connected to the yoga. We're committed to the yoga. We're connect we're committed to the connectedness. That's it. Period. Oneness. Yeah. The oneness. Yeah, and like it, that's. I also felt that too because I've been to other places. I've talked to different people, you know, different teachers and stuff, and you know, there's a sense of vibe of that competition, and, and you know, and that's why that's another thing that I saw, and I was very aware, um, and and I loved about you know going to Science of Boston now because. Um, there was nothing like that, and I've you know I saw people, you know, from Lifetime, from you know, just different plays with people. Like, what's the type of feedback that you're getting? I think my biggest aha moment is when I see the people there, whether you know we started class two years ago, day after my birthday, and it was 25 people in the park. It rained the night before, so the park was wet, and we still ran with it, and it was free, and we've kept that platform. And because we kept that platform, the numbers have begin have exponentially grown. And I like the fact that there's no money involved out there. 
There is no tips involved out. Like, we just want you to come as you are, bring your kids, and let's just be together as people, as human beings. Because that's what we are. Let's drop down all the labels, whether it's religious, socioeconomic, sexual orientation. Like, we're all one. We're people. And let's just, for this hour and 20 minutes, be the best version of ourselves as people. And that's why a lot of times, like after class, there's tears. And people have breakthroughs and aha moments because they realize that they were disconnected from themselves. They have, they do have some pains they have to deal with from their past that's still affecting their life. They are living as a victim instead of a survivor. They, they are living as, you know, empowerment or enslavement. Which one is it? You can't serve two masters. And a lot of times, just the awareness. Once you've been awakened, you can't go back to sleep. You can't put the toothpaste back into the yeah. tube once it's out. And I take the toothpaste out the tube and put on everybody. You know, sure. what you gonna do with it? Sure. So my goal is just to continue to, you know, help people love themselves a little more. And when you love yourself, all types of love appears. Your love, your compassion for others, your empathy, everything. But when you don't love yourself, you're disconnected. You don't give two shits about yourself. You don't give, you don't care about nobody else either. Bottom line. So, you know, we, we have to go back inside and do, do the inside work, man. Totally. Period. Totally. And, you know, we can, again, a thousand likes don't matter if you don't love yourself. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the, the things or sources that help you expand uh, your personal journey with, you know, your practice of yoga and as a human? What's really ironic is that the science of asana movement has been so surreal to me because not one person has filled out a job application or sent in a resume. You know, so for me and my partner, starting off as two people, we now have a team who takes care of things and nobody asks for a dime. It's just that the money appeared. You know, how, so how did how did Silence of Asana even start? Like, what was the uh, what uh, were you guys at a coffee actually, shop in a dream? I was I was uh, at Life Is Beautiful. Okay. And I ran across Silent Disco. So Questlove from the Roots was DJing. Totally. And I seen these people running around with these headphones. I was like, what is this? And where, like, oh, Questlove, he's like, on the other side, life is beautiful. But the headphones, they reach all the way over here. Put them on, try them on. Like, wow, I was blown away. Then I seen it again at the link. So I was like, okay, well, it's out here. And I kind of put it out to the universe, like, okay, well, uh, maybe one day I could run across that dude and maybe do some yoga with headphones. And lo and behold, like eight months later, a mutual friend introduced us and we started with our first one again. We had uh, 30 people, yeah. rainy day, and we just kept building and growing and growing and building. And now we have 1,200 headphones. We got 1,000 brand new ones. Uh, and we're pushing the numbers now. We had 780 at our last Red Rock event. On Father's Day, I think we had 250, 300 at the Palms Pool, right. and that's a you know morning class. And those morning classes to get people up yeah, that on the early, weekend, man. On, on the weekend, EDC weekend, mind you. So it was EDC. It was Sunday. It was during that heat spell, and we still yeah. had 300 people show up. So, yeah. you know, we're definitely doing some really cool things. We have the Dracation coming up, which is going to be like a like a workshop type event, uh, August 17th through the 20th. Okay. So we, we start the vacation by the side of Savasana. Right. And then after that, we'll eat dinner as a crew and whoever's staying for the vacation will eat. Uh, everybody check into their rooms that Thursday day. So literally we'll walk out of our rooms to come to, to side of Savasana. Uh, Thursday night we go to sleep, Friday night we wake up, meditation, uh, class, workshops, hanging out at the pool, dinner as a crew, another class in the evening. So every day is gonna be two classes and two meditations in a workshop. Everything's optional, so we're not force-feeding anybody anything. I'm not the typical, what I consider, yoga retreat or retreat. Like, we're adults. Itinerary. Yeah, we're, here's the itinerary. You can come if you want to. If you want a better, it just depends on what you want out of it. Some people just want a vacation and come do some yoga, meditate and hang out at the pool. That's fine, too. But it's going to be some workshops that's going to work on, you know, the work in, pain and pleasure. You know, the things that make us tick, our fears, you know, our muddy shoes moments. You know, things that we don't normally discuss because if we don't discuss, until we discuss them, we're never going to change them. So in order to change anything, we first have to address what that is, whatever that is to any person. And I mean, for, I mean that's really smart what you, what you kind of just you know, described. It's like some people don't know how to discuss it. 
some people don't even know how to initiate that conversation, right? Like exactly. how to talk about it. Exactly. You know, do I have to go to a therapist to talk about this stuff? No. Look at the mirror and just talk to yourself, man. <laughs> Thank you. And I want to take away the negative stigma of seeing a therapist or a psychologist. Because to me, if you're not talking to somebody, if you don't have a soundboard, even if it's anyone, if it's yourself, you're a bottled up shaking a bottle of champagne in the heat and waiting to explode on somebody. And this is what I talk about, the inside work and that self-love. Because when you love yourself, you, you know yourself so well that you know you're imbalanced. So what, are, what can I do to balance myself out? And you know, you know that when the emotions come, whether good or bad, typically, again, we want to project. Let's sit with these emotions. What, can you describe what loving yourself means to you? What, when you say that, like, what exact, can you break that down a little bit? Oh yeah, I'm gonna break it down for you real good. We have 1,440 minutes a day. Every day has 1,440 minutes. So if we sleep for eight hours, that's 480. And we work for eight hours, that's 480. So we're close to, you know, 500 minutes, 550 left of the day. Out of those 550 minutes, if we can't take 70 to 80 minutes, 90 minutes out of that day, out of those 500 left for ourselves, that's not self-love. You're not loving yourself. You're numbing yourself. Again, we turn up for our friends, we turn up for the barbecues, we turn up for the parties, we turn up for the baby showers. When it's time for us to turn up for us, we ain't got no turn up. Uh, I ain't got no time. And we wonder why our life's out of control. We wonder why we're struggling with happiness and depression. Because again, self-love is not there. I cried so hard when I really realized, I, I really reflected on my life about all the stupid things I did. And when I did these stupid things, in those moments, I didn't love myself. I loved my friends more than I loved myself. You know, because where I grew up, you couldn't, you know, it, I, you couldn't tell you loved yourself. I couldn't yeah. talk to my, they looked at me like I was crazy, like, dude, right. go somewhere with that bullshit. But in life, I'm not scared to tell anybody that if you don't love yourself, you got, you got problems. You know, you have to love your authentic self, whatever that authentic self is. You can't bury the hatchet. Whatever has happened, deal with it, move on. We can't run. Wherever we run to, there we are. We're still going to run and look in the mirror. Of course. So we have to, at some point, come to the realization that whatever I was doing wasn't working. Let me accept what was, what has happened, because we're every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, week, month, and year of our lives. The cards flash. That's why they would, like when you see the death scene sometimes in movies, brrr, it happens like that. Sure. I had a seizure behind the wheel of my car. And I was, I seen the cars flash, I was in a peaceful place, and something brought me back. Came right through my third eye. So my last near-death experience was in 2009. And I know clearly that, you know, we're here, we're, we're pure beings of light, of love, our soul is. Our bodies, these bodies hold all the trauma, and the emotion, and the pain, and the, and the self-doubt. And all that weird stuff happens in the, from the bodies. But our souls are pure light. We're pure love. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're connected right now because what I'm about to say completely aligns to this. And, and, and you know, when, you're, when you say love yourself, right, that's like something that can initiate that journey of going within. Because if you just say go within, you know, first of all, there are some people who understand that and they're afraid of it because it's a dark place, you know? Right. Um, trying to, you know, um, lead that your own journey of going within uh, can sometimes be, you know, overcasted by a lot of emotions, um, past, thinking about the future. It's just a crazy experience. Um, but when you said that your soul, like that's how you are, that's who we are, yeah, literally. Because, 100%. you know, I mean, yeah, I have five fingers, you know? I'm from Peru. I have black hair, black eyes. I, I wear Likra because I'm on the, on the bike, right. you know? I'm sitting on a chair, but who is this voice? Right. Who is this thing that is speaking right now, right? Right. I mean, they, it's something that is connected with, you know, the inside organs, my neural system. Right. But that's the soul. Mm -hmm. That's 100%. Right. But we forget about our soul. Like we don't, we, we, we worry more, more about the shell than we do about the soul. Totally. And my goal is to get people back into the, to the soul. You know, love yourself enough to struggle, but most important, love yourself. That's what got me hooked. That's what got me hooked, man. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, you, you've seen it. You saw people. I mean, another thing that I love about Science of Asana is the diversity of everyone in there. I mean, you see everyone's age group. 
there were like literally like babies, I think, just hanging out next to their parents. I can't make that happen, bro. And kids, bro. I can't make this. What happens to me? I get chills. This like, last session, chills. bro, there was like five kids, bro, with their parents. Man, that, yeah, we're making a difference, bro. That's changing lives, nice, bro. DNA. That's changing the world. You're changing their world because everyone goes back home. Yeah. They go back to their work, back to their job. You know, back to a, a, a family member who's at the hospital, but. That experience that they have in those nights, you know, in those those sessions, they they you know it comes back. It's in their su it's in their subconscious. Yeah, you know? you're just like planting these little seeds that are gonna come up in the most harsh moments when they're gonna need it. Yeah, they're gonna remember. You know? Yeah, because I wish somebody I had <laughs> had introduced me to yoga early on. Oh like my I, God. I truly, I, I would have been a totally different person because one thing I really learned about yoga and I really enjoy it still is that, you know. You are the, we are our own opponent in yoga. You know, every other sport that you play, you have an opponent. You have somebody else that you're going against. Sure. In yoga, you are going against you. So I sometimes call yoga yuga, because it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's you against you. And back to science of asana, I get chills every time at the beginning. I always ask, how many people are here for their first time at science of asana event? and hands go up, and typically the numbers have been over 50%. And then I go, how many people are here for their first ever yoga experience, period? And the hands go up, and again, another 100 people, like, yeah. and to me, that's when, get that, that's when I get those again. That's chills. why you're the like, revolutionary, I'm bro. like, whoa, man, this is, this is the truth. <laughs> and then you got, you got an army of light, This you is know? the truth, bro. That is just, uh, that you're just, Sharing, man, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, it's a beacon, which you know, a place like Vegas needs that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the whole world needs it. But you know, let's talk about locally here in the community. I mean, that's that's a big impact in the community because there's so much darkness in Las Vegas. You know, I mean, and everybody thinks we're just the strip, but we're not the strip. You know, and, and this side of the movement proves that. Totally. You know, every time the numbers just continue to grow. And last time at Red Rock, we actually ran out of room. So I mean, literally, we're pushing. We're, we're, we're going now. What is your, um, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, what is your, your, your approach with breath? What is your philosophy around breath? Because, you know, breath is a constant. You know, I don't know how many times we breathe throughout the day, but we're constantly breathing, whether it's consciously or, so, or not even, you know, it's automated. Right. Um, but we're born with breath. Yes. We die with breath. Yes. What is your take on breath? The mind is king of the body, and the breath is king of the mind. If you control your breath, you control it all, bottom line, because if you can control your breath, you can keep your heart rate down, you can keep the blood pressure down, and you can kind of gauge your emotions simply by your breathing. See, a lot of times, when you notice people upset, they're breathing, it's fasting, so their body is reacting to that. Sure. If you can just keep your breath calm, deep, low, and slow, in and out through your nose, you live longer. I, I really think that a lot of disease, dis-ease, has to do with our breathing. And we, we're born breathing the correct way. Any infant that you walk up to, they breathe in and out through their nose. But as we get older, our mouth gets involved in something we shouldn't be involved in. Yeah. So we start breathing in through our nose, out through our mouth, in and out through our mouth. So our body is in fight or flight constantly. Because when you're breathing in and out through your nose, through your mouth, your body is kicking into fight or flight. Fighter. That's what your body, when you breathe, all from your breathing, but people, people don't realize that, how important your breathing is. The animals or the earthlings, which means anything that inhabits this planet, that reside the longest here, breathe the slowest. The animals that expire the fastest on this planet, breathe the fastest. Hence, yeah. if you want a long life, you better learn to... The diaphragm breathing, huh? In and out through your nose, mouth closed. Yeah. So I really think that breathing is the key to a lot of things that we take for granted. You know. I, what about in jujitsu? Did you? Oh, I, I, I. How did you I, use breathing in jujitsu? I, I love breathing in jujitsu because to me, if you don't stay calm with your breathing in jujitsu, the lights go out. Yeah. And they tap you on your chest, and it's over. And what do you? What, what, what happened? So it's easy for me to transition into these tight space yoga postures because I was so used to being on my back in jujitsu and working small pockets 
in jujitsu or wrestling. The only way through some, you know, these postures in yoga, these it's positions, calm, calmness. is breathing. Calmness is power. You can't breathe through the, through the you know, transition. You're just doing calisthenics. Like, if you're not breathing, you're doing calisthenics. You're just sweating. Yoga is the breath. Yoga is breathing first. Postures are secondary. If you want to just do yoga, just, you can just come into class and sit down and breathe. That's yoga. But people think that yoga is... Sure. That's first world thoughts on yoga. Back in the days before there was ever movement, your guru put you in a posture and you didn't come out until he said come out. So if he left the room for an hour or two, you still stayed there. And when he came back, that's when he, okay, you can come out now and now we're gonna go here. So all this movement and stuff, that's new. Yeah. Yoga is really just sitting and breathing. So another thing I wanted to kind of like ask you and, and get your get your thoughts around um, is death. And death because, you know, um, it creates a lot, it's something, we all experience it, and it creates a lot of stress for people. Um, it actually, there's like pros and cons to it, you know, like however you, your philosophy and your right. approach to death, right. You could use it as a as Empowerment. a as a fuel, yeah, right, to get your butt and out of the bed in the morning, yeah, you know, and go conquer the world and do what you were made to do on this earth, yeah, right, because you know time is a vessel, one hundred percent. Every single day, I mean, time is just going. Life changes in an instant. We want to be in the now, but the now is all always, always being moving. destroyed. The now is always moving. So, and, uh, two things I always say that we're guaranteed in life is change and impermanence. None of us are gonna leave this one alive. So what we do with that dash in between our arrival date and our departure date is what means most. And if you're not proud of your dash, it's never too late to change. So I ask people, if that dash reflects your life, are you proud of it? Yeah. And if you're not proud, then I have to ask you why. Because you're not stuck. You just don't wanna move. You know, yeah. again, once you've been awakened, yeah. You can't go back to sleep. So uh, changing impermanence is what we're guaranteed. And, you know, I've had quite a few near-death experiences with my last one being in 2009. And I always try to send my message of don't wait for the health hiccup to occur, to love your life, to love movement. Don't wait for death to come knocking on your doorstep for you to live because sometimes you won't be able to get that second chance. So take care of you now. Nobody owes you anything, you owe you. And until we really own that, I owe me. You owe you, nobody, and we, sometimes we go around like somebody owes me this or that. No, they don't owe you shit, 100%, period. Man. I'm not trying to hear that. Anybody who comes to me with, oh, I want what they have, my first question or first comment to them is are you willing to do the work that they've done? Because so many people these days, especially with technology, the work ethic's gone now. You know, it's overnight sensation. Just let me just get paid off of Instagram or let me get paid off of Facebook. And that's not, I'm not knocking nobody's life, but where's your self-worth? You know, in these dating sites. Again, I'm not knocking somebody's life, but being on these sites for so long has to lower your vibration. And life- What, what do you mean by that? Like lower your vibration, what do you mean? You know, I, I believe that Energy is measured by frequency, vibration. Yeah. And, 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 and certain things that we do have high, resonate at a higher vibration, and certain things we do resonate at a lower vibration. Okay. And there's actually a book about it. So what's interesting is like certain commercials on TV, they vibrate here and other commercials vibrate here. Certain things that we do here and here. So what I mean by vibrating, like hypothetically they said Buddha, and Jesus were a thousand in terms of vibration, this vibrational chart that I've seen. You know, Tony Robbins is probably 800 or somewhere up there. So there is something to this vibration. Yeah. But what I say in terms of like the dating websites is failed relationship after failed relationship when you're just on your computer has to lower your energetic vibration. You have to start questioning like what is wrong with me? When really it's your approach to relationships like it's not what I consider technology has created disconnected people we rather rely on the internet as opposed to going up and meeting a friend you know we want to see who's nearby and 
and that to me is I didn't grow up with that. I don't need that. Like I, that's I, I hear the stories, my jaw drops. But that's not how I grew up, so I can't pass judgment. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that after spending too much time on these weird sites, yeah, it has to drop your vibration. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, if we are what we think. We gotta start renegotiating these contracts that we made with ourselves. And you know, if we, if we didn't grow up on these webs, on these sites, why are we so connected to them? Why do we think that our answer, I'm gonna find Mr. Wright or Miss Wright when Mr. and Miss Wright could be standing right next to you, but you're just so caught into the technology. Well, one could say, you know, maybe they don't know where they're standing. Yeah, yeah. You know, they Some, uh, they again, don't know where they are, right? So, again. And it could be because they're in, in the matrix, or, you know, the wake up in call. The virtual world. That's why I like science of Boston because I try to wake people up. It brings your feet back on the earth. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it grounds us, and you know, it, it's the simple things. You know, I, I really think that, you know, as as time progresses, you know, it, it's a shift that's going on right now. And, and back in the days, you know, it, it was the people who had the money, you know, made the rules. And right now, so it's a it's a spiritual shift right now where the people with the money. We're trying to find this happiness and this this inside work that you know they never know about because so much of their life is spent on the exterior. The most common asked question to me is, how are you so happy and why are you so happy? It took me to go through some very dark things in my life to choose to own my happiness, to know that I'm okay with my aloneness. Because until we can be alone with ourselves, our happiness is gonna be ever fleeting because we're gonna be looking for somebody to make us happy when really, we gotta look in the mirror. The most important relationship we have in this lifetime is the one we have with ourselves. What is your um, your outlook for Silence of Asana? Um, do you see it being, you know, continuing the, uh, the events that you have, uh, but also, you know, maybe having more of these like retreats, you know, more experiences? We definitely want uh, to uh, expand. You know, are you gonna have like a, a, a summit, you know? Yeah. Uh, love yourself something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you? No, what do you, what do you have now, bro. Uh, ideally, we would like to do like a stadium tour. Wherever there's a football stadium, a college football stadium, we could line them up on the five to ten, the fifteen to twenty, and literally have a Silas Savasana, like a a whole fitness day with Silas Savasana being the leadoff. But then you know you stay on the football field, and over here they have this booth for massage, and here they have this for you know whatever it is. Just have little spots for people to just like a marathon, you know those little yeah, TPs. absolutely. But we have you know health minded. It could be it could be panacea. It's serving this. Go over there and talk to them about some. Shane could be doing a blending, you know, yeah. class or whatever it is. But I want to definitely take the negative stigma out of you know seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist because I think that's a necessity. And I'm always and that's why I'm opening my space, which will be opening up down here, four doors down. What are you What are you doing? It's called Zen Zen. X-E-N, X-E-N, it's right next to X-Cycle. So basically what that's gonna be is, uh, it's like nothing I've seen in Vegas, it just came to me. Sure. And I, I, I wanna basically call it a sanctuary. You know, we're gonna have two classes of yoga, we're gonna have two classes of fitness, but it's gonna be meditation, it's gonna be book reading, it's going to be workshops, male workshops, female workshops, anti-bullying workshops, couples workshops, uh, conflict resolution workshops. Like, the people that are making a difference I want to use my platform to expose them to Las Vegas. So rather than us go to their office, I'm going to bring them to me and then we can rally around them and if you want to keep a relationship with this person afterwards, then there's information, but I'm letting people know that it's okay to see a psychiatrist or psychologist, it's okay to have a soundboard, it's okay to have some checks and balances. Most of the problems in this world are happening because a lot of people don't have checks and balances. And if you go against their word, then it's like, well, the hell with you, you're out of here, he's tripping. When really, we all need checks and balances. Sure. You know, because our perception of what is right is not necessarily correct, it's just our perception. So sometimes, again, when we're in the matrix, we don't see it. But when you got somebody outside observing, you, you I, I think it's safe to always have somebody, you know, looking out for you. Yeah. Real business. Yeah. And some people are like, the hell with that, I don't want nobody. Those are people that aren't trying to grow or be the best version of themselves. Sure, I mean, not you know, not everyone has access to you know mentors and, right. and you know those those types of um, you know people that they can just 
can go to for, for advice, you know, it's, it's not that easy to get that, right. you know, and, and you always don't know if, who the source is and you're always looking for their, you know, resume and their background, who is it, like, right. why are they doing that, that no, type of thing. Um, that's awesome, that's amazing, man. When is that opening? August, so it's, it's literally under construction now. I, I just rode through there. Yeah, my bike. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I wonder yeah. what's going on. That's me. Okay, that's me. So yeah, uh, you'll walk in through X Cycle, uh -huh. and then you'll enter. They're gonna basically cut a hole in the wall for me to enter. Okay. So I don't have to basically change out the frontage. Those okay. doors are open. The doors are gonna be incredible. So they're open for fresh air, but it's not gonna be ingress and egress. So is, it, go, is it a collaboration with? It's a collaboration okay. with X Cycle. Beautiful. Yeah. So Jennifer Barnett and Larry Rudolph are my partners. And Jennifer has really been doing some phenomenal things in terms of what I consider community in Las Vegas with her ex-cycle. I mean, literally, she has definitely brought community to the cycling game. And, you know, again, she wasn't somebody who seen something else. It was her vision, you know, because there wasn't a cycling spot out here before her. Uh -huh. And there is definitely some connectedness. There's definitely some breakthroughs, breakdowns, breakouts that happen over there. And I'm just happy to be a part of that. Right on. And our synergy is going to connect and right on. just continue to, to expand and grow, brother. Do you, do you ever mess around with any uh, sound baths? Sound baths, yeah. I love sound baths. You know, the like gongs and... Yeah, the, you know, the gongs. I actually got a couple of the, the big talking bowls, man. The Tibetan bowls, yeah. I'm a musician, so I, I got okay. all kinds of... I got space drums. I got yeah. drum set, uh, DJ. I got I got Peruvian <laughs> bamboo flutes, double-sided oh, flutes. Oh, wow, wow. Bro, I got... Some, from, some from, three, from three feet to five feet. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, sick. I keep goodies with me. Jaw hard. So gnarly, man. Yeah, this is how that we get awesome, out, man. man. I'm a gift. My man, his first jaw heart. What? This Get is out of here. jaw heart, bro. No way. Beautiful, man. That's noise from your heart, brother. That's noise from the heart, bro. Oh from, the, from the breath. From the breath, man. From the breath. From the breath, bro. <laughs> so I learned how to play it. That is so sick. On, yeah. um, how do you how do you do it, man? You on gotta... Facebook. Okay. I learned how to play it on Facebook. So it's okay. called a jaw harp. Man. The middle finger and, and, and thumb connect. They hold the bottom. Uh-huh. Your finger comes over the top. Okay. So basically, yeah. Just a small, let the lips relax. Uh-huh. And it's a straight shot, so it's straight. So come, kind of come off your cheek. You, you got it. You already got it. Now start to. <laughs> you got it, bro. So now it's time for you to have fun. He's like, oh <laughs> hell no. Okay. So yeah, you did it that quick. Oh my that God, quick, man, bro. This is so sick. So okay? sick. This is amazing. Man. Breath, Thank man. you so much. Beautiful. You got your jaw heart. We rocked a podcast. Silent <laughs> Savasana, man. I believe in random acts of kindness. And, you hey, know, man. Thank to you me, so much. If you can just pay it forward. Dude, that's buy sick. you some more off of Amazon. So sick, yeah. Pass them out, bro. Yeah. You chase somebody's Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, again, that's <laughs> connectedness, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's our currency. And it's the yeah. simple things. My man, um, do you have any, any shout-outs you'd like to give to anyone out there? You know, it's been on, on your journey. Man, my uh, shout-outs to all my mentors. My shout-outs to all the people who gave me the most valuable lessons, whether they were in the light or in the dark. Um, my shout-outs to my kids, my motivation, Ajazi, KEC Gardner, Summer, I'm sorry, River, Krishna, Gardner, and Samadhi, Kieran Gardner, my three kids. I love them. They motivate me. They make me want to be the best version of me because I want to turn this legacy over to them. And my 21-year-old daughter's already taken to it. I have a two-year-old son and a brand a newborn down there. Right on. So two months old. So I'm just looking at, you know, really just changing the face of yoga. Uh, I believe that what we've kind of done or, or, or tried to accomplish is update the operating system of yoga. You know, I, I, I'm not saying I'm here to make it cool because the yoga that I do is 100% real yoga. It's just that how it's delivered. 
you know, and yeah. tradition, you know, I'm not a traditionalist, so the music's a little different. And I'm not serious. You know, life shouldn't be, be serious. It's only yoga. Yeah. And yoga shouldn't be serious. It's a practice, not yoga perfect. So have fun while you do it. Just like in life, like have fun. If, you, if we're not having fun, whatever we're doing is too expensive. If it takes away from your peace of mind, your well-being and happiness, that's not something you should be doing. You have to start thinking of what's keeping you from making the changes to be happy. And that's what Sai Sabasam does. It wakes people up because we get connected to our jobs or to these labels and our happiness is gone. That's our divine birthright. We all have a divine birthright. Healthy, happy life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. But somewhere along the lines, it gets skewed. And we go after the labels and we go after the jobs and the happiness is gone. I call them the golden handcuffs. I got, I got this job, I'm, I'm this title, but I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah. So what, like at what point, what does it take yeah. to have enough courage to want to change? Like, and it took me to damn near die. It took me to have a seizure behind the wheel of my car to know, okay, it's no more faking. It's no more bullshitting. Like this is, there's no take twos in life, this is it. And I'm gonna make the best, the rest of my life, the best of my life, period. So I use everything as a positive. And unless I'm using it to motivate or empower, I don't really talk about it. Because that's, a, again, it's, that's a low vibration. Yeah. And everybody in here, everybody in this world, everybody that you see is going through some type of struggle that you know nothing about. So our problem is minute to a lot of the things that are out there. But yeah, we still want to tell people to feel sorry for me. No, empower yourself. Turn your pain into power. Period. Love it, man. That's simple, it. bro. How can people find out about you um, online? When online. They're, when they're on the phones, you know? How can how can they get at you, man? Facebook, Dre Gardner. Uh, Dre Gardner on Instagram. SilenceAbasana.com. YogaDG.com. That's my website. And outside of that, you know, I'm pretty easy to find, man. I don't hide. I'm a transparent guy. I'm easy to approach. We got to do a Silence of Boston in Peru, man. I would love to, bro. I'm going to, Peru. I'm going to Peru in December. Light up Machu Picchu, bro. I'm, we plan on trying to do something in Machu Picchu, yeah. bro, in the rainbow. The rainbow. You're going in December. I'm going in August, bro. We're going in December, man.